Hello, Marcus Giuliano here, your host of In the Weeds. In the Weeds, a restaurant business podcast that I've been doing uh, since about 2019, late 2019. Uh, usually I interview guests. Um, sometimes I go on my own like this and just drop some knowledge. So this is episode number 23, what makes a great restaurant manager? Um, so all of us have seen uh, the Food Network. We've seen people like Gordon Ramsay on on TV yelling and screaming and shutting restaurants down. And um, in reality, is that what's happening? So I myself have been a, a manager since I was 24 years old. I was um, brought, uh, brought up into a country club and immediately had almost 30 people under me at the age of 24. I was a bit young for that. Um, I learned a lot about that. I've owned my own restaurant since 2003 manage my own restaurant. I'm not at the point where I have a large enough restaurant to to hire a full-time manager. I have key employees that do certain things in my establishment. And I think a lot of restaurants fall under this category where they're not they're not large enough to have the revenue to all of a sudden create a full-time $60,000 a year management position. Uh, so what we do is we take people that are great employees, we give them a little bit more responsibility. We might call them managers and refer to them as managers, uh, but in a sense, they're the ones who you know can help uh, with the drawer, uh, help do other tasks, help in the office do things, uh, help write a wine list, help select wines, uh, helps train staff, things like that. And all of a sudden, when it comes to these people leaving the restaurant, you have another restaurant saying, oh, I hired the manager at uh, Bistro XYZ. They've been there for 15 years, and they've been the manager at... Um, at restaurant at Bistro XYZ. In reality, they were sort of just helping facilitate a couple of the duties and they weren't a full onboard manager, but they had the title manager. So the next restaurant that recruits them thinks, oh my gosh, this is this great restaurant and I've got the manager to there to come save my restaurant and the contrary happens. You get this person in who really doesn't know much um, beyond the few extra tasks that they were given. So I wanna to talk today about the 10 uh, 10 things that I think that every manager should have, the qualifications, uh, characteristics, things you should look for in a manager. And there's a lot of larger restaurants that are hiring managers that are that are paying the 60 plus thousand dollars for a manager that are hiring these sort of makeshift managers from other restaurants that uh, when they come in and these larger restaurants, some of them don't know themselves. Uh, what really is a manager should be doing or what to look for. They just know, hey, I've hired this manager. And why aren't things really working that well for me? So I've rounded up the 10 things that I feel every manager, uh, every legitimate general manager of a restaurant management position uh, should, uh, should, should have. So first of all, uh, number one is experience in all, experience in all positions of a restaurant, right? The restaurant is is a situation where cross-training is, is crucial and a must. And if you're hiring a manager, how can a manager walk into a kitchen and tell a kitchen to do a better job, to give them critique, to help them improve if they don't have zero kitchen experience themselves? And I'm not saying they should be a full onboard chef, but to be able to have cooked in a restaurant for at least one summer on the line is a great qualification for any manager to have. Uh, to be able to have been a bartender themselves, to be able to have obviously wait and <laughs> waited on tables themselves uh, is a huge key factor. But to be able to, you know, jump in and 
um, help out anytime. I worked at one place where, well, I'll, I'll mention a couple of different places. So I worked at one country club, my very first country club, and my uh, sous chef was later promoted to the dining room manager and then to the food and beverage director. And it was great because he would walk in the kitchen, not like, where's the food? Where's this? He'd walk in the kitchen and say, what can I do to help get the food out? What can I do? What needs to be done? Can I can I send a you know wait staff to you to help do something? This and that. What needs to be done to get the food out? And then the next place I worked at, the manager would walk in, the manager would walk in and start yelling, "Where's the food? Why isn't this?" I'm like, "Listen, calm down. Like it's coming out. Like this is the kitchen. Like don't you know what happens in a kitchen? Like no, I don't know what happens in a kitchen because he doesn't have kitchen experience. But the other guy had two totally same position, two different operations, two totally different attitudes of how to get things done. So of course. I would do anything for the first person that I worked with, my first colleague, who was the food and beverage director, Franco. I would do anything for him because he was willing to help me. On the other hand, the second person, Keith, I didn't really help him. We didn't work together. We didn't mesh in meetings together because it was always a lot of tension. And I know, you know, that that really the kitchen's not the responsibility of the dining room manager or the food and beverage director, but just the willingness to help goes a long way. And of course, Franco knew the kitchen. Franco knew what to do. Franco knew what we needed. Franco could make suggestions. Franco could, could help do things. And I knew the dining room. I'd waited on tables before. I'd waited on tables for many years um, before I went over into cooking. So that those that's really important when a manager can actually jump in, make suggestions, and work together with the other departments in the restaurant, whether it's a country club, whether it's a hotel, whatever. So, of course, the second thing is, a manager has to be friendly and outgoing and be able to read a guest, all right? You've got to be able to do that. There's a lot of managers that are miserable people um, that uh, that are always against uh, being happy. <laughs> the guests can read that. They don't read guests properly. They always think that every guest is wrong. And, of course, I've done a, an episode on here on how uh, uh, the guest is not always right. However, um, that takes a lot to prove the guest not right, a lot to prove the guest not right. In the meantime, the guest is typically right until otherwise proven, uh, is my theory. And it's, you know, you do what you can to make every guest happy, and some guests just aren't going to be happy. Well, you need a restaurant manager that can actually predict, see how things are going, and be able to move in and schmooze and, and take over when they have to take over and make things right. I just recently complained at a very beautiful hotel, very beautiful hotel, and I've done this a couple times uh, at some really nice places. I just think, you know, they're just not, they're, they're missing they're missing on certain key elements that I feel, oh, let me just let you know, and management just doesn't respond to me. Um, speak to management, they don't respond to me, it's, and it's, it's, they're just, they're just, they're lacking in, in the follow-up, and I just want to be heard. Most guests want to be heard, and to not even acknowledge uh, is is a disappointment, and that goes back to the, to the characteristics of the manager, um, just not being friendly, not outgoing, not being able to read a guest, not being proactive, uh, and uh, and of course I have one here on communication. But we'll get to that in soon. The one thing that's helped us right now during the pandemic, we have plenty of staff. We have a lot of staff. I have I have a lot of staff where my staff doesn't get as many hours as they would they would like, and then quite the opposite of most restaurants in the industry right now, and. I've always had just enough staff in um, in the restaurant industry, but here's my here's what I think is a key to keeping staff, keeping team a keen team going, um, is you have to be a coach. You have to be a life coach 
to your employees. You have to have empathy. You have to understand what their situations are. Um, let's face it. The people that are working for you are not management material. They don't have the characteristics and qualities that you have. And if they did, they'd be promoted to a manager somewhere somehow, and they wouldn't be doing other jobs. So we have to understand that people have lives, uh, and if we can help them be a better person, uh, succeed more in their own life, help them financially set goals, help them set goals with health, help, help them do things. As a coach, you're going to have a team that is more loyal and more dependable and uh, and willing to do more for you. We have an amazing team, and I've always viewed myself as not only as a man managing the team, but as coaching the team. I'm their coach. I'm their I'm their personal coach, their life coach, and I'm also their business coach because I help them coach them in the restaurant, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm a two-sided coach on here. Um, and while you're a coach, you're also motivating um, and you're creating culture in the organization. Super, super important. So every manager must have some type of coaching skills. Number four, this is a big one because um, I've hired a lot of people that have come in, in and given me big problems, especially in the kitchen. The one manager position that I hire is in the kitchen. Uh, I am a trained chef. Uh, I love cooking. But if I'm cooking behind the line, I'm not doing all the other things that a good top manager should be doing, which a lot of this is going through these top 10 here with you. So I get people that are in and say, oh, my gosh, yes, I know how to do this. I know how to run food costs. I know how to do this. And the number one thing that a lot of these chefs come in and promise me is, a food cost and they have no idea how to run numbers they have no idea how to figure simple food costs they have no idea how to calculate inventory so and of course they haven't been taught by their managers at the places they've worked at before even though they might be the executive chef the head chef the sous chef the chef de cuisine even though they might be in charge in the kitchen they're just not taught and held accountable for these very basic key numbers numbers do not lie numbers are essential to run a successful business. You've got to stay within a certain amount of food costs, labor combined together, prime costs. You have to know your 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 rent ratios, your your mortgage ratios, revenue. You've got to be able to understand a lot of different ratios and numbers and percentages. And I can guarantee you, most restaurant managers don't know it, and they're not doing it. I can guarantee you, if you're an owner, or or you're a manager and you want your chef to be doing it, you want them to be doing this. This is how this is how the restaurant stays profitable. Keeping your prime costs in line is essentially important to be able to um, you know to give people raises without knowing a labor cost is is really irresponsible on the part of a manager. Very irresponsible not knowing your labor costs and being able to give just giving people raises. I'm not saying people don't deserve raises and they, they earn raises. But not understanding what your labor cost is and just randomly giving people raises is, is irresponsible. Uh, so know your numbers is essential. And I would probably say that's one of the most things that, that a lot of managers just don't know. And again, because they're in a position at a restaurant that's smaller, that can't afford a manager, but they need more help, the owners like myself. And we promote people to key employees that sort of then all of a sudden carry a management title on them. And they're really not doing everything that a manager does. But then the next place hires them like, oh, I just hired the manager from Bistro XYZ. And um, they must be great because they've worked there for 10 years and this and that. And that was a great restaurant. And you hire this person on board and this expectation just fall very, very shy. So no numbers. Number five, must be a great marketer. You need to be able to, and my, marketing might not be the main job of the manager. 
if you're an owner and you're in a smaller operation and you don't have a, a manager, you don't have the whereabouts financially, you need to know your marketing. You need to study some marketing. Now, you can hire people to do the marketing, which is great, uh, which one of the things here is delegating, and I'll talk about that uh, in a couple more steps. So you can actually hire a company out to do your marketing, which is fantastic. But if you don't know marketing, you're going to get ripped off. I see a lot of people spend big bucks on marketing, uh, everything from municipalities, including my local municipality here that has a, this amazing high-dollar program um, to build and, and market and brand. Uh, I see restaurants that do this, and they're lacking some very basic elements of marketing, building the database, uh, looking at the metrics, doing a Facebook pixel, retargeting ads, um, what happens with the call, the call to actions, uh, follow-ups, uh, email marketing. There's so many things that are just totally lost in the shuffle, and you think you're paying somebody to do your marketing, and really essentially just paying them to place an ad for you. Uh, and that ad is just an ad awareness ad, which is just, hey, we exist out there. And I've often talked many times in a lot of our, our, our especially my online academy for restaurants, there's three types of clients. Uh, there's um, slow lane, fast lane, people that aren't even in a lane, right? So um, in the passing lane. So there's three types of clients, people that, that you have to tackle to get their attention, people that know you already, and people that have actually eaten with you and you don't need much more, more you don't need to market them much. The offer doesn't be quite as strong. So there's three different types of clients. And if your marketing director, your marketing manager, if you're a manager doing marketing, you're not segregating three different messages. You're really spending too much money on acquiring a new guest because you don't have to acquire new guests if they're already a guest. You spend less, you do less, you offer less for the people that are in that super fast lane where you just have to open the door and they'll walk in an email reminder that you're open, existing, you have soft shell crabs in the menu is enough. Um, it's not, it's, it's different than tackling somebody and getting their attention for the first time. But back to marketing, they have to know marketing or be able to understand that they're not getting ripped off from somebody who's doing their marketing. And a lot of people say, oh, you know, I've hired, and folks, social media is marketing. They'll say, oh, I hired um, so-and-so, Sarah or Johnny, they're in college, they're great with, 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 with social media. Um, and they do all of our posting and social media. And you look at it, and all the social media leads to nowhere. There's no, there's no database. There's no call to action. There's no metrics on it. They're just, they're posting beautiful pictures that just aren't going anywhere. So you must know marketing. Must know marketing. Uh, number six. This goes along lines with being a coach. This is training. A lot of managers think training is something you did. Training is something you do and keep doing and keep doing and keep doing. You have to do constant training when you are a manager. You have to keep training the team and training the team and training the team and training the team. Most places do a orient great orientation. When you hire somebody on, they go through the, 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 um, the handbook, the employee handbook. They do this, this, and this. And all of a sudden, you know, three months later, they look at, at one of the staff members and go, don't you know that it's in the it's 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 in the staff manual. It's in the handbook. We went over that. We went over how to how to serve bread. We went over you know where to hang your jacket. We went over on requesting days off. These are things you constantly have to keep reminding and training. Everything from techniques um, to um, to policies and procedures. Policies and procedures have to be have to be reminded and trained on. These are things you touch up upon in every one of your meetings, every one of your your staff team meetings and um, workshops you can create workshops you don't have to have a lot a lot of people think training is is 
sitting your staff down together and um, getting upset at them and expressing what they did wrong. And that is totally the wrong way to do training. Um, it's just like training dogs. You have to reinforce what they're doing right constantly. And so it can be on the floor training and it can be also formalized training in the form of a workshop. It can be a Zoom call, online call. It can be in person. And it can be everything from wine tastings. I, I, I ran into a, a, somebody who knew me from another restaurant and, and they, uh, they were at another restaurant bartending. And I said, oh, I didn't know you worked here. I said, what do you like about working here? And they go, the constant training that we get here is amazing. And I'm learning so much more about wine than I was learning at the previous place I was working. I said, ah, so they do wine workshops. That's, she goes, yes, there's constant wine workshops with us. Every two weeks, we have a wine workshop. We get to taste wine. The sommelier goes over with us. The styles, the characteristics, the new things. And she goes, and that's, I'm looking to learn. Uh, but that's part of being a coach, creating culture, motivating, training. That all fits into the line there of that. And I got to tell you, a lot of general managers aren't doing wine training because they don't know wine. I was on a recent call with um, a research group that wanted to know how restaurants pick their wines on their wine list. And they had a, a variety of people across the board as managers and owners that were on the Zoom call. And they went through and asked us all these questions. I got to tell you. 90% of the people, these managements, managers on this on this call don't know wine. They rely upon salespeople. Uh, they, um, they rely upon great deals. They rely upon things. So they're, they're, they're not getting the knowledge. They don't know the knowledge themselves, so they can't pass the knowledge on to their team, which is what the next step is on delegating. Number seven, you have to be a great delegator. So now at this point, if you don't know wine, if you don't know something, you delegate it out for somebody else. You can even delegate it on another team member. So you can say, oh my gosh, um, John, our rock star server, uh, you know, he sells the most desserts. Let's have, let's have John talk about how he upsells desserts to the whole team and delegate that out to John. And John's gonna feel great because now John has a little bit of authority and clout and um, as the expert on this, or you can go to your wine rep and say, okay, you know, we're bringing in these new wines. I'd like you to bring these wines in and sample, and we'll do a staff training, a team meeting, a team workshop on the new wines for the spring, um, the new vodka, the new bourbon, whatever, and have delegate out to them to have them come in and simply do that for you. So, and delegate is key because as a general manager, especially as owners, we carry so many hats and we couldn't get everything done if we didn't delegate. And part of the part of the issue is the team doesn't really know what our job description is. So we go over the, their job description when we hire them, but we never go over our job description. And our job description is, I tell my, my team, is my job description is make sure your paycheck keeps coming. And the more you do your job, the less I have to do your job, which means the more I can, the more I can get your paycheck coming to you. Because the more I can market, the more I can balance numbers, the more I can do other things that rely on the financial side to actually making sure you get your paycheck. So my job is to make sure your paycheck is done. Um, it gets done to you and I've never missed a paycheck in 18 years and I explain that to them. You keep doing your job, I'll keep doing my job. Because sometimes they'll look and be like, oh, the manager's not working or the owner's not working. You know, what do they do? And they don't realize that I'm in my office at 6 a.m. every day doing things and, and, and building up the business and, and doing promotions and emails and doing all these things that, and balancing the budget and all these kinds of things. They don't understand that. They just see at nighttime me walking around the restaurant, talking to guests, having a great time, maybe having a drink with a guest, um, 
schmoozing guests. They just see me doing that. Well, why isn't that manager working? Well, that manager is working. That manager is now doing his part of being friendly and outgoing, uh, which was step number two on here, element number two. That's what they're doing right now. They are, they've spent all day long building and opening the restaurant now only to be able to do that key step of being friendly and outgoing and being able to read a guest and schmoozing. So uh, that is number seven to delegate. Number eight, you must be a great communicator. Communication is key with everything. And I don't know about, well, I do know. Um, there's so many times I ask team members, go put this on the top shelf in the closet for me. And then two days later, I'm looking for the extension cord. This was been the top shelf of the closet. And I'll say to the team member, I say, where did you put that extension cord? Oh, I put it um I put it in the um in the uh, above the mop. I'm like, no, I actually put it in the back closet above. Well, I didn't I didn't know I didn't exactly know where that was, so I just put it there. I'm like, well if you didn't know you should have asked me. So as a manager you have to assume that you must communicate better with people. Things must be organized for or organization's key. So um, you know, if your coolers are labeled, if you have three walk-in coolers or three reach-in freezers or two flip-up freezers, label them. Label them number one and number two. And say, go please put this in freezer number two for me. Um, and come back to me after you've done it to let me know that it's in freezer number two and where exactly it's at there. So communicating, and communicating not only goes more than verbal, communicating goes through obviously through through written um, through virtual and communicating is everything along the whole way here. Um, doing your coaching with with your team members, doing your um, your training with the team members. Everything is a matter of of communication. Uh, it is more. It's harder than ever now to communicate with a lot of team members just because the tension span, just because they're used to, to things on on. And maybe you have to switch up your communication to text messaging, maybe um, or some kind of some kind of digital digital thing like that where you're on some kind of app uh, app like slack or something where people are actually communicating i've done this i've done that um and communicating back and forth but you must be a great communicator you must understand that um you have to have patience in communicating and that not everybody's going to understand you the first time or might not even be the second time at this point you have to understand if people are going to be trainable or not and going to fit into the organization number nine um you have to be a problem solver. You have to be an amazing problem solver. Uh, some days, all you're going to do is solve problems, it feels like, all day long. So solve problem after problem after problem after problem. This is where experience in all positions in a restaurant come in extremely handy. You're going to have to solve problems like, why isn't our ad working? Why isn't the kitchen getting food out in enough time? Why is this dish um, just not getting great reviews? Why is, you know, why, why do I have a high turnover of employees? Why do, why is the... Um, why is the hot water uh, heater leaking right now? I better delegate this out to the plumber. So um, problem solving, you have to be an amazing problem solver. Understand that once that you, there are going to be lots of problems to solve in a restaurant. And number 10, um, set by example. Set by example is key. Um, and this goes back to experience in all positions in the restaurant, being able to jump in and do things, uh, being understanding marketing, understanding all these kinds of things. Um, set by example, um, people want to know that um, that you're on their team. It's just like the Franco who used to come into into the uh, kitchen at the One Country Club and say, "What can I do to help?" 
You know, I'm here to help. What can I do to help? You got to get the food out or this or that. Leading, setting by example of doing that. All right. That is um, that is key to making every piece fit in. Of course, if we could add something else in, you know, patience is a very, very important thing uh, for everybody, especially as a manager in the restaurant industry. Patience is is one of those things, but you can put that under one of the other uh, characteristics as well. Being a coach, it'd be patient, uh, being friendly, outgoing, how to read a guest. There's a lot, there's a lot of patience involved in the whole process here of being a restaurant manager. So um, if you go on to 50mistakes.com, 50mistakes.com, you can um, uh, look at all of my tutorial videos, the videos that are like this, food cost videos, all kinds of, all kinds of amazing um, um, resources to help you in your restaurant. So 50mistakes.com, it's connected to Restaurant Growth Secrets University, which is a uh, an amazing 50 hours of videos in there, tutorial videos on how to run your restaurant, how to do things. It is one of the most in-depth uh, video tutorial uh, courses out there on running restaurants, and uh, that is on Restaurant Growth Secrets University. Go to 50mistakes.com, sign up for my email, uh, and... Um, I can always be reached by email at help at 50mistakes.com, help at 50mistakes.com. And in the meantime, um, go be profitable, run a great restaurant, and um, catch one of my next episodes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate it, and um, go prosper.